What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast, episode 49. As always, I am Joseph King. And I'm James. Oh, we did that backwards this time, didn't we? We did. It feels naughty. It feels naughty. It does. Sometimes you just got to switch it up a little bit. You can't always be on top. No. I, I, I like taking it from the back. Cheeks busted. <laughs> I mean, wow. Uh, opposite ways. Opposite's good. You got to spice up the relationship every once in a while. Do right? you ever do anything like that? Is do you ever like? First of all, do you have like a regimen of your like day to day? Like, do you have like every morning you're going to do A, B, and C? Do you have that at least, or is it just kind of like I know I'm gonna I know you're gonna wake up, take a shower, get ready for work, but is there something like? I have to have a cup of coffee. I have to check the like sports news yeah, or something. I, I have to turn on the TV, turn on channel eight, ABC News. You always do that. The every local morning? news comes on from six to seven, and then the the um, national news comes on at seven. So I get a little bit of local stuff, and then I get uh, the world news, and that's one thing that stays pretty consistent. And a cup of coffee nowadays. I used to not be a coffee guy, but now I am. Yeah, you never drank coffee. No. Never. Unfortunately, I do teacher, have to have a little life. bit of creamer in that shit. You still do creamer? A little bit, yeah. You haven't got to black coffee yet? No. One of these days I will. Give it a minute. As your soul slowly erodes away yeah. from you, it will uh, you'll just... Uh, EMS just took that away quicker. I'm, I'm assuming like the teacher, teachers go through the same you know, soulless deprivation. Oh, definitely. And just, just dying inside. Definitely. Just over time. Rotting away over time. I'm sure that it's not as fast as like EMS... And what would it like? I, I bet a, like a, a trash truck driver, they probably drink coffee as soon as they applied, or like during the interview. Yeah, yeah. or a, a mortician. I don't see how they can do their job. You know, it's really weird. Uh, uh, my stepson's father, uh, Tito, wanted to do that, and I just I never saw him like the type of guy. But he was like really, really into that. Apparently, this is what Brianna used to say, and that that's that's like what he wanted to do. Yeah, there's there's people that are really into that, and really, you know, from a young age, they they see that as a career path, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just personally, I don't, I don't see how you wake up every day and see a dead body. I cut into it. Yeah, I think it it would take a special type of person. Not saying anything against people to do like I mean it takes special it it takes a special type of person to do my job right like yeah. not saying I'm special but you know what I mean like I you have to be able to handle that because there's people that come and go into EMS definitely that probably wasn't cut out for them and anything in healthcare and seeing and stuff like that <clears throat> any public service job in general you've got to be special in your own way and know how to handle people or just not give a fuck not just i yeah. think that's part of it man yeah. i think at one point the older that you get the more you just don't give a fuck mm-hmm. yeah like it, it's it's weird because like coming on like in 11 and a half years of being an ems when i have those moments it's just uh it's just an it's just another day yeah like i had a a coworker who uh ran a call on a that kind of came and relieved me. I was working, I was getting off and she was coming on my shift and you know, during that day, or maybe it was the next day after that, I think, but either way, it was like, you know, she had a, a toddler that was deceased when she got there. And it's just like, oh, that's terrible. It's just, uh, see that, that's stuff I can't handle, man. But it, it's weird how, you know, blind to it. You just don't care anymore. Not that you don't care, not that it won't affect you. Cause it does affect every, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, Every time somebody has something like that, 
it does affect them right then and there. But the problem is those things usually happen when you still have 10 hours left in your shift. Yeah. And you got to just shrug it off and I'll never forget. Uh, Couldn't do it. I'm not going to say what no it way. was. I'm not going to say what it was, but I remember being a basic EMT and uh, running a call and uh, just eating in the front of the ambulance while there was something in the back of our ambulance that was not alive anymore. And we were just kind of like, this is kind of fucked up, isn't it? You just get desensitized to it to a, to a certain yeah. extent. And the, the stuff that used to bother you when you first started doesn't bother you when you're a veteran. But it's weird. The things that never bothered me bother me now. Like I used to, you know, for years, like six, seven, eight, nine years, I, w- I had no problem. Not saying that seeing kids didn't make me sad. Like yeah. that always makes me sad. That always sucks. But it never bothered me. Yeah. Now being a father of a toddler, that shit it hits home. I have to call Brianna. Oh, I have yeah. to be like, I want to see my daughter. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't know. Like being a, you know, what? What? I guess what is that? A sanitize sanitization worker, trash truck driver. That ha- that takes a gritty motherfucker. Yeah, dude. Because I mean, like you got to think. Sometimes there's stuff that won't or it gets stuck. Did you hear the other day? <laughs> they accidentally. Threw a guy into the dumpster truck. I heard something that a body was found. Because he was inside the dumpster. No, he was alive. Was and he, he was alive? just chilling, Oof. right? He was just camping out, trying to get away from the elements. And they accidentally dumped him in the truck. Did he die? Did it crush him? I don't think so, no. So he was like, hey, motherfucker. Hey, <laughs> I'm fucking in here. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, they didn't kill the dude. That's It's good that, the, the, like, the one time. Never mind. I'm not going to tell that story. I'll tell that off here. I can't tell that, but... Uh, Oh, it's interesting. It is. It is. It is interesting. Um, But anyway, back on track. Like, is there? I don't know how we got into all that, but uh, is there something that? So you have those regimens, right? And we talked about opposites. Yeah. Have you ever not purposefully not done your daily facade? Not intentionally, but in a rush, yes, and it kind of throws things off. Isn't it weird when you? The more you rush, the later you are. Every time. Yeah. Doesn't matter what what it is, doctor's appointment, work, school, the kids. The more you're in a hurry, you're going to forget something. You got to go back and change something. You lost something. You can't yep. find your keys. And then when you actually get to your destination, you're really not as late as you thought you were, and you're just fine. That's why. And I nobody said. cares. And you're like, why the fuck did I care this much? And bust my ass to get to work when everything's good. That's why. It the, happens too much. The only two clocks that I look at besides my watch and my phone, and I don't look at my f- watch because I have an Apple Watch. I don't look at that until I'm out the door, because that's when I put it on. I leave it with my phone and my wedding ring. Yeah. Like, that's in like this little catch-all we have. And uh, I don't put that on until I'm out the door. So the only two clocks that I look at is the oven stove, the oven stove, the stove, and my truck. Yeah. I keep both of those five minutes fast, purposefully. Dang. You're thinking ahead, dude. I never would have... <laughs> Like, done anything I, like that. I, I do that because those are the only two. Like, I don't look at the big ass clock we have above the TV. I don't look at my phone really. I look at text. I never really notice that damn time because I'm always yeah. going like this with my watch, right? That's when I look at the time. Um, but so I when, and when I'm getting ready, I never really give a shit about my phone. But I, yeah, I always set the the my truck and the stove five minutes ahead. Well, I'm gonna have to pick up on some of those 
Just because... little life hacks. You you should Google. Have you just speaking of that, like life hacks, like little things you can do? I, I can't think of any other. There's a lot of life head. hacks out there that I've seen like on social media and, and I'm like, why the hell did I never think of that? There was one I tried the other day and it failed miserably. It said heat up leftover pizza, you turn your toaster sideways. Hmm. And in theory, sounds like a great idea, right? Because I, I usually when like if I if I'm ordering shit pizza from like Domino's or Pizza Hut, like not something that I would like. Yeah. I, I always get thin crust. Okay. So thin crust you would think would be do okay in that. Yeah, because it's not too thick, it'll fit in there. But uh it it, it just dripped and got like <laughs> I've seen people crust inside the throw toaster. a steak in there, like what the fuck yeah, are you a doing? Steak in the toaster? Yeah. No. The My be- kids were watching a YouTube video and they were like trying to cook different things in the in the toaster and one of the, one of them was a sirloin and they just threw the threw the thing in there and then they ate it like you have to be an atheist <laughs> to fucking enjoy that atheist i don't believe in god and i put steak in my toaster <laughs> yeah i'm fucking i just don't believe in anything so i'm just gonna eat uh, this. yeah you just have no belief whatsoever you just let it you've just let everything that far go you, you've got to be somewhat insane a psychopath a sociopath like and I saw one where a guy put a steak in the uh, dishwasher, and it got so hot in the what? dishwasher. No, it what? heated it, it, it heated up the steak. And okay, I'm sure all the he took it out <laughs> and he ate it. And there was like it was a reaction video, and there was this uh, <laughs> this woman who was reacting to it, and she was like, "Motherfucker, you ought to you ought to be fucking ashamed of yourself. You are a fucking dumbass. What in the fuck is she shaped like?" <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, what's, what's his, his name? name? Uh, Justin Whitehead, I think. Is yeah, that, is I that think his, his name? name? I think that is his name. So this guy, he he reacts to the uh, my six hundred pound life video. My six hundred pound life uh, video on T. Well, it's a show on TLC, and every week he has a new reaction to a new. I'm gonna play some episode. of it. I'll play. I'll play some of it. I don't care. Um, you're not gonna since this is an audio only podcast. You're not gonna get the visual representation. I suggest going to but, Justin Whitehead's. Yes, go look uh, him up on social media. On he's on Instagram. He usually does these on live on Facebook and then posts them to Instagram. But he just he just doesn't give a shit what he says. And if this if you're listen if you're morbidly obese and you're listening to this and you're offended by this. I, just listen to what he has to say. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's entertaining to say the it's least. It's just funny, just his reactions, you know. Um, but just picture. God damn! <laughs> <laughs> what in the fuck is she shaped like? <laughs> Ooh, what the hell that is back now? God damn! This bitch got a gristle on her back. <laughs> a gristle on her back. Oh, wipe them fucking tears, man. You better make sure you got your asshole lined up with that fucking hole. <laughs> uh, he's, I wish the, you would shit and piss on this floor, and I already got a wipe. Describe your ass what, what, what's going on it's there. It's a woman trying to use a sit down and, and relieving <laughs> your fucking self. <laughs> it's a woman trying to use the. Look at this crazy ass. The 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 porta toilet. <laughs> Bedside God toilet. God damn. Was that necessary? 
I bet. Just look at all that goddamn body. <laughs> body. <laughs> anyway, that's Justin Whitehead. He's a he's actually a stand up comedian. Um, he has. I think he's actually done like the, you know like uh, a long time ago. Comedy Central would do like showcasing comedians where they had like three at a time. They could do like ten minute sets. Yeah, he's been on there, and uh, he, he's, I found out he's, he's our age. Yeah, he's funny, man. He, the guy. The guy, I mean, every word out of his mouth is comedy. He has he has all these funny ass the, takes on every fucking episode. You got to check it out. And you know, if 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 you don't want to watch the six hundred pound live videos, he also uh, does reactions to hoarders, which are really funny too. Have you seen any of those? Yeah, I've seen a few of those. So, but anyway, you know, I digress. But in the news, I don't know if you heard about this. Oh God, Usher. Usher. Oh, the Usher dollars. The Ush Bucks. Ush Bucks. <laughs> so what was this? This was like a promotion in Vegas, right? Yeah, there are allegations that he used fake money in a strip club. The dollar bills, or the bills in question, had his face on them. Well, I, th- I heard that they, they gave them out to promote. He's having like a, 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 like a four-day deal in Vegas, and so they printed these. And so they somehow ended up at a strip club. Yeah. So the people were throwing them at the. They, uh, they they ended up in the strip the club entertainment. and they're throwing them out at the female dancers. And entertainment. I guess when the, when the club got you know not so dark, everybody was noticing. Hey, these are not real. They're not authentic, and they've got Usher's face on them. Yeah. If you look at them, at first when I first saw this, I thought it was uh, somebody had. You know how sometimes somebody will put like a hundred dollar bill. And they'll like draw like Michael Jackson on it. Yeah, I thought that's what this was. And I was like, damn, this looks really good. This looks somebody drew Usher really good, but because the bill looks like a hundred dollars, yeah. it has that blue line mm-hmm. thing, the hollow line that they put on there yeah. now. Um, I guess because they're getting rid of watermarks and things like that. But uh, yeah, they looked real. I bet they felt real too. Oh yeah, you know how you know somebody's in Vegas right. I wonder now if he got in trouble for printing those. You think he did? I bet he he has nothing to do with it. Because I saw some pictures of them, and they look really authentic. They look like... It looks like a $100 bill with $100 Usher's bill. face on it. Um, like, you have to have some type of clearance to be able to print something like that. I don't... T- yeah, that's the thing. Like, right? Like, okay, I, I get, like, you know, you see fake money all the time. You can even, like, buy, like, board games and things that have fake money to where it's the same size yeah. as that. But the texture, right? It has to be different. That almost looks like, to me, the closest thing I've ever seen. To a real dollar. Like, it looks like how somebody would make a counterfeit bill. Yeah, it's, it's sketchy. But wh- why'd you have to do that? You, you're, big, you're a big enough star. You don't need that publicity in your, you know, to, to further your brand. I don't, I don't understand why you would even go to the extent to put your face on a, on a bill. I mean, you're Usher, for crying out loud. He did remember he got accused of... <laughs> Of getting uh, that that fat bitch pregnant, you remember that? She was morbidly obese, and I guess they had a one night stand, and she took him to court. Did she have a for child support? <laughs> he got her pregnant, <laughs> and it was real. Like he did that shit. Yeah. So his kids there. So like what? He just got fucked up. I guess he just was got this before he was up. famous. No, this was like within the past. Oh, so yeah, five some to ten years. Beer goggles on. I guess so. Or maybe he likes, maybe he's, a, maybe he's a chubby chaser. You never know. I don't know. I mean, he's not as big as he used to be, but he is one of those iconic. 
I still okay. So artists like, of the two thousands. He's like, you know what? It's like I don't know why I always relate like kind of him to 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 that. But it's like he's like one of those athletes that don't play anymore, but they're still. You hear like like you know how Dwayne Wade's gotten really popular with like uh, NBA on TNT mm-hmm. with like Shaq and all them and like he's like Dwayne Wade now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Dwayne Wade's way better than Usher in my opinion. But like, didn't Usher host like he did the uh, New Orleans countdown? The, the countdown that we have. He still does a lot of hosts. Yeah, like the the, the yeah. New Year's Eve countdown that we have. I think he's the main host for the Central Time Zone, which is in New Orleans. And he's. Starting a Las Vegas residency at Caesar's Palace, set to begin in July. So he's just basically transitioning. I think he was like a guest on The Voice for a little bit, and uh, now he's probably becoming one of those people that's like, I'm going to headline in Vegas like six times a year. Yeah. And I mean, I'd it go. It makes sense because most of the people I'd that go, go to see Usher, there's a heavy population of middle aged people that are always going to Vegas. And. Yep. And guess guess what? And they all know who Usher is. Guess Maybe who, not the younger generation, hey, but hey, but guess we who, do. Guess who's middle aged now? Us. We both are. People that grew up with Usher. Usher. Yeah. 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 What, what's a good Usher song? I remember that one before we were even like we weren't even allowed to listen to this. That like uh, it's seven o'clock on the dot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when we were really little. Like we were in middle school when that song came out. He had a lot of hits back then. I think he has uh I think I read somewhere that he's like the number he's in the top 10 of hits. Like he's up there with like Prince, Michael Jackson, George Strait and shit. I didn't realize his first album was in 94. Like he's I think Like he, I didn't think he was around that long. I, I thought he was just 99 and up. I may be lying and you might have to look this up, but I'm pretty sure I read one time that Usher has is up there and as far as number 1 hits go, he's up there with like George Strait, Michael Jackson and uh like Prince. Well, on Spotify, show. he's got over 23 million listeners a month. Dude, dude that's people, pretty impressive. People are right? digging Usher, man. Yeah, I mean, his number one song is Yeah, and it's got 617 million that's plays. That's crazy because that song is terrible. It is. It, it, it was it's one a, of those club bangers. Club for white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you heard that at Graham Central Station. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing that at the Shack. Oh, the Shack. Or, well, okay, what, Club Baloo? miss the shack don't you been there a time or two <laughs> actually you're if you're listening to this you're probably listening to the only white people in Amarillo that have ever had a good time <laughs> at the shack before and you may not even believe that but ask around me and james hey, we had a lot of good times we, in there. we got street cred oh T- yeah tatums definitely. been to tatums yeah been to the strip on 24th and echo my former place of residency yeah that's that's what that was hey that was that was popping, popping. There was, there's, there's many a people that were like, yeah, I remember getting my ass kicked there once. Many a people met there and fell in love, right? You know, we won't go there. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> use the term love loosely. Loose lips sink ships. <laughs> Fuck. All right, man. Uh, so real quick, I want to talk about this for a second. Um, everybody knows if you listen to this podcast, like. Ooh. If you listen to this podcast weekly, you would know, shout out Lebanon, uh, you would know that I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. Mm -hmm. He's my favorite athlete. Um, It got released, I think, two days ago, or yesterday, maybe? Mm -hmm. I think it was yesterday. Pretty recently. Um, That 
Michael Jordan is going to accept, not accept, but give give the speech for Kobe Bryant's Hall of Fame induct, induction. And I just, it has to be him, right? It, it does. I, I mean, I, that, I, that's who Kobe emulated his game after. It was Michael Jordan. So it's fitting that he is going to bring him and introduce him and speak about his Hall of Fame career and be the one to solidify that for him because that that ties everything together, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, This comes to you via uh, NBC Sports. Uh, Michael Jordan to present Kobe Bryant at Hall of Fame induction. Michael Jordan will present the late Kobe Bryant at the latter's Hall of Fame enshrinement in May, the Namesmith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Brian is a member of the 2020 class whose ceremony was postponed last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Jordan, class of 2009, was selected by Brian's family to present him because of the posthumous nature of his induction. In the wake of Brian's passing along with his daughter Gianna and seven others in a helicopter crash in January 2020, Jordan provided powerful words detailing their bond at a memorial service at Staples Center on February 24th. So... I just think, you know, I've read a lot of things on Twitter, <clears throat> you know, because the first thing was Bleacher Report and uh, that they, they posted this. And there was a lot of people like, it should be LeBron. And I'm like, why? They weren't really that close. He, and, no. He, and uh, no. a lot of people. And LeBron's a little brother to Kobe. You know, and uh, people were saying Shaq, Jerry West. People that and like Jerry West, I, I I think I think people. Here's the thing: people don't understand. It. I see all these comments mad about MJ doing it. If you're if you're one of those people that posted this, you've never watched the Namesmith Hall of Fame induction. Multiple people will speak. Oh yeah, like yep. I guarantee you, Jerry West, Magic, Definitely. Magic is probably going to say something. Shaq might, and here's the reason why I don't think Shaq will. I don't think Shaq could hold it together. Like, and then like AI. I don't. I don't think AI would be in the best frame of mind. Phil but, Jackson but, is the one that came to mind. Phil too, but his health has just deteriorated so poorly. I just don't. I bet he'll probably be there. If I'm there sure he'll be, be there. If there should be anyone to induct him into the Hall of Fame, it should be Phil Jackson or Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan is getting that privilege. Yeah, I feel like there's probably going to be some like video montage, mm-hmm. and it's going to have like a camera off to the angle. Where there are these people talking about Kobe, yeah, and I'm sure Phil's going to be in that. And but the thing is, is like Vanessa picked him. Vanessa picked Michael, and I'm sure Vanessa's going to talk again. Yep, and uh, and she may not, and uh, but uh, I'm sure she'll be there. I'm sure her and uh, Natalia and Capri and Bianca will all be there. But uh, you know, it'll be special. Yeah, and I just think uh, you know, I think that's great. I think. Uh, you know, a as a basketball fan, anytime you get to hear more, anytime you get to hear more from Michael Jordan, is always a good thing. You know what I mean? So, oh, definitely. So, I'm excited for that aspect of it, and just uh, it sucks that I couldn't hear Kobe speak last year. So, I think in this in this uh, Hall of Fame enshrinement, we're getting uh, I think Kobe and I know for sure Tim Duncan, mm-hmm. and I'm excited to see Tim get up there and accept his speech. Because I'm sure that uh, I'm sure Tim Duncan's going to talk about Kobe too, which I'm excited because I haven't really on camera saw Tim Duncan. I'm sure Pop's going to be there to talk about Tim Popovich, and uh, so yeah, I think uh, it's going to be a lot of people saying really great things about one of the best to ever play. So <clears throat> I just wanted to bring that up. That was some news that broke recently. 
Uh, James, do you have anything to add to flavor of the week this week? Well, there's something that I, I came across a couple days ago, and it really bothers me. It's really bizarre and really weird. Um, there's a New York parent, and they this, have those. This parent, yes, is seeking to marry their own adult child. <clears throat> In New York? That's weird. You know how, like, you know, Yankees always make fun of the South? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look what they're doing. Incest is a third-degree felony under New York law, punishable by up to four years behind bars, and incestuous marriages are considered void, with the spouses facing a fine and up to six months in jail. So this person wants to marry their own adult offspring, and they're suing to overturn the laws barring the incestuous practice, calling it a matter of individual autonomy. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, let me this tell is you what who's we've not come win, to right? winning court. Oh, dude, there's there's so much we've come to lately over oh, the last yeah. over the last forty eight months. But this doesn't surprise me. No, that's that's the thing, right? It's it's um, you know. I don't know. I'm not about to get all well with the cancel culture going on and things like that. They've they've kind of pushed the narrative to where people will do the most outlandish things and, and test the waters to try to get their bizarre reality a not, norm, not which which this, is so fucking bizarre that not, our community, our society is like that now. Yeah, not that this is acceptable by any means at all ever, but does it give the age range of these people? I'm just curious about that. How old is their child that they're wanting to marry? Um, it doesn't say. Dude, this is fucked. It's an adult child, so, I mean. They're over 18, at least. Not a minor. Well, I hope he doesn't work in mines. I just don't understand it, man. It, black lung will get you. <laughs> it's just one thing after another. Like, how you gonna marry your motherfucking parent? How you gonna marry your child? I don't even like to talk to my mom at least twice a week. God, dog. <laughs> just kidding, mom. Motherfuckers. No, really. White people, right? That's, yeah, like the Dave Chappelle <laughs> sitting on the toilet reading the magazine that says white people and just looking confused. This is some, are they white? Hopefully they're white, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they of are. Of course they are. Uh, they're, they're calling it a matter of individual autonomy. Like, that's pushing the limit of reality. And you, my friend, need to be thrown into a prison for having that thought come into your mind and acting on that thought. Well, wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, the good thing is, <laughs> well, there's much more that I would wish for this person for even having that thought come into their mind. There's more that I wish that would happen to them. But uh, uh, that's some Arkansas shit, man. What the that, fuck y'all doing in New York? I don't know, A man. A lot of people, though, <clears throat> they don't realize that New York is more than just Manhattan. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got you got right. Albany, you got Buffalo, you got New York's pretty big. It's not a small state. It's not. I mean, it's, it's, it's smaller it's than way, yeah, most of the shit in the South, and way and more the than New York City. That's for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I had I had to bring that up because it kind of it just shook me. Like I'd never heard anything like this in the news, and I've never encountered an article or you know a news clip online. That, that was this bizarre and it is to the point where they are chasing legal this reminds me I don't know why changes it's just do you remember man. the video I showed you that one dude um, it was like on my strange addiction and it was a guy that he had, he had bought one of those real dolls 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you know what a real doll is, um, I'll explain in a minute. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but he, he had uh, uh, a real doll. Um, he, had, he had wanted to... I, or I guess he had. He had a ceremony. I think he went through. He with proposed the, to he it. He proposed. He had yes. a he had a, a loving relationship with this uh, doll of his, and uh, he spoke to it. He combed its hair. He would get it ready to like dress in the morning, and then obviously you know he talked about the sexual intercourse. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so J- James is, James's kid came back here to get a drink of water, and I had to. Watch PG thirteen it no yeah. PG it yeah PG it for a second uh, a real doll for those listening they're not in here anymore <laughs> just so you know uh, a real doll for those listening <clears throat> is it's like a sex doll like a blow up doll but it's not blow up doll like it's like the flesh the skin feels I guess rubbery the the the, the boobies move and everything and you can like make the vagina heat up and get quote unquote wet what the fuck yeah like that's what a real doll is they're really expensive. Like five grand. I've looked them up. It, it was just out of my price range. I couldn't handle it. Oh man, you um, looked it up. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, this guy he he married one, and just like he's like he he'll load her up in the car in the morning, like throw her over his fucking shoulder and put her in the vehicle. <laughs> lifeless while he goes, body, just <laughs> a lifeless orifice while he goes to work. I mean, yeah, everybody's got something weird. It is weird, but can you blame the guy? The female. Here in this situation does not speak. No, no, no. I what I was gonna get. What she I was gonna does get not cause issues. No drama. I mean, and it's not related to him. Not related. So to that's him. what I was gonna get. Like as fucked up as that was to me, then this is way worse. It's oh, way yeah. worse. Like I can look and now in day and age, twenty twenty one, and maybe just growing with the times and people wanting to use restrooms that weren't assigned to them twenty years ago, and whatever the things that we have to live with and accept, and the the way the reality is to me, that's not weird anymore. But this guy, I can't ex- or ma'am, woman, I can't accept them marrying their child. I just can't. Nah, you can Fuck ma- that. You can marry a real doll. Or whatever marry, you want to call it, you can all day marry long. Whatever you want, you can marry a flashlight if you want to. That's your prerogative. Just do it, or a shake weight for the ladies. You're not. Mm. Hey, if you're not hurting nobody, you're not being. Yeah, no. I mean, like he he was weird, but <laughs> he wasn't hurting anybody. And you know what? You know what? That fucking real. You know, you laugh at that and be like, God, this fucking loser. He paid five grand to bang this plastic thing then he he marries it and he loves it and all this and he's in a relationship hey you know what that little five thousand dollar wherever this guy lives in a town that five thousand dollar real doll is probably keeping all the people in that town from getting shot because everybody's like snapping nowadays like that just seems to be the norm there's another shooting every fucking oh, week God. and and like maybe that's keeping that guy clinically and ins- clinically sane so. maybe it is and, and there's nothing wrong with with his choice, he is a uh, a free human being in the United States of America. He but can, marrying he your child, no man, no that, that's going that's going beyond the rights that we and what and the, behold. What I want to get into the reason why that is wrong is because no child in the right mind, if they were raised properly, would want to marry their own parent, and so. My thing is, is like the, the police of the New York, you know, state detectives probably need to be investigating. Was this child ever molested at a yeah. younger age? Yep. That's, that's that's the big caveat to this. That is the the reality to the their relationship prior to this point. I mean, there's had to have been some type of intimacy 
in the past for them to get to the yeah, point 100%. where I want to be yeah, with you for to, the, rest the rest of my, of my life. life. Like, come no, on, man. no equivocations. Yeah, give me a break. You can't tell me that something didn't go down while that kid was growing up. So that's 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 a, just another factor to why this shouldn't happen. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your bizarre news of the day. Hold on, hold on. Oh, you got it more. No, I want you to talk about that Joe Rogan thing. Oh man, Joe Rogan. We got we got, we got to talk about aliens on this podcast. Y'all talked about Aaron C and shit last week. Oh yeah, we so, did. And you know what? He's, he's not, finally a little bit of a believer. Him and Jared aren't here this week. It's just me and James. And wouldn't that be some shit if they were here and we have just not let them talk for this long? <laughs> like oh oh hi guys, there you are. Uh, Go ahead and introduce yourself. But Aaron hates talking about aliens. And he brought it up last week, and I wasn't here for that. He did. Yeah. And so, in true BCLRT fashion, the folks in Lebanon already know we got to do this. Uh, let's talk about what Joe Rogan. So, any time Joe Rogan posts anything. You listen. You listen, and it brings high attention, right? So, today, about uh, seven hours ago, he posted an article from The Telegraph. And it reads, the Pentagon confirms leaked images and videos of UFOs buzzing over U.S. Navy warships, and they are genuine. So, and the you, Pentagon and you, is and investigating can, these bizarre images. You can click the link that's provided with, on Joe Rogan's Instagram, and I think he shared it on his Twitter, too. Mm -hmm. And it'll show the videos and everything in question. So, they're, to describe this, they're flashing lights um, orchestrated. Not the Kanye kind, right? Not, yeah, not that was... Okay. Hell no. Yeezy. Uh, they're in a pyramid shape, and they were spotted over, like I said, a U.S. Navy destroyer off the coast of California. The videos leaked at least three of the unidentified pulsating objects moving, sometimes in unison above the USS Russell. And this happened in July of 2019. So these, these videos have existed for a while, and they're just now being leaked. Um, they were filmed moving quickly in and out of clouds by military personnel from the ship. For 18 seconds through a green tinged night vision device. I still stand by what I said the first, second, third, fourth time we've talked about this. They're feeding us like little guppies. They know there's something that's, I guarantee you, it hadn't, I thought that something would have happened by the end of the year just because of how fucked up 2020 was, but I really truly believe that some like mass event where mass pe and when I say mass event, like multiple, like me and you and like, Oh yeah, your sister was there and fuck. She saw it too. She posted on Facebook. It's going to happen. Something's going to happen where the public see it in large gap because, and they know about it. They know that something's coming. The thing that strikes me weird about this, you know, we had the, uh, the Tic Tac video, mm -hmm. that thing, um, Dr. Fraber. Yeah. And then we had the, uh, the guys, in the uh, the the fighter pilots, yeah, and then now this. I don't like the fact that so many of our military aircraft are seeing this because to me, what that says the 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 unified unidentified flying object, the quote unquote aliens, are focusing on the the military. Terry the side. military like the what what they see infrastructure. is a threat is it is it because they're like well, yeah. well this is or or is it because something could be so advanced that they know what like a strategic military 
they, action. They would could look be like? plotting. You think that this is? No, 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 no. So I think I, it's a plot. I think they're they're visiting. They're gathering information, and maybe there's they're plotting something. Who so knows? here's my here's my theory on it all. They've been visiting for years, right? People just camping in Colorado and Utah, getting abducted, whatever. Fucking in the tent. <laughs> Come on, Bill. The wives are asleep. Oh, broke back. <laughs> I can't quit you. Great anyway. movie. We love that movie. Yeah. Don't judge us. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You judge yourself. Look in your mirror. Yeah. You fucking think for yourself. But uh, so they've been here for years. But I think they're starting to figure out. Hey. Remember that thing that crash landed a long time ago? Goddamn Bibble fucked up and got too drunk and dove straight into Roswell. Their technology is evolving quite a bit, and they're using a lot of this shit on these aircrafts. These, these, what is that thing? Why has it got so many missiles? Or what? What are these things? Or whatever they call them? They're studying. I, I just, it just, it strikes me as odd that the military is seeing it, and the general public, like every video that gets released, it's usually something. The military had. Right, and, and this video was filmed by Navy personnel. Like, It had to have some type of colored clearance to get released. You know what I mean? Or to get... That's why it took two years. But my thing, it just it's just so weird that there... It just seems like... I don't... It does... I've always felt like if they did show up, they wouldn't be hostile. We just feel that way because of the movies we grew up with. You know what I mean? Um, but God damn it, that, that quote that... Uh, that uh, fucking what is it? It's Macaulay Culkin or his little <laughs> brother in a uh, signs. What does he say? He says, "Uh, they're like here when they're in the basement." No, 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 no. It's before that when they're like getting ready. When when Mel Gibson finally has the moment at the the M Night Shyamalan's house, dude. I've got to watch that with the kids, man. God, it, it still just gives me fucking chills. It's such a good movie. Anyway, such a good that movie. later. Such a good movie. Uh, oh God, because <laughs> it's so real, but. The, the he's uh he's talking and he says uh well there's one or two reasons and the the second is that they're hostile yeah and 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 it's just i don't when they do come they will be hostile in my opinion you I think they think, would yeah, yeah. they're just here to kill us and yeah. use us for resources and you know what i really think i man? don't think so because we fucked this planet up enough if they wanted the resources they would have got it while it was green they visited Good. here so many times and you know maybe they stayed longer and revealed themselves in a more apparent way you know thousands of years ago based off of hieroglyphs and things that we have in in literature you know ancient literature but i think the ones that have um, recently visited have shape-shifted into disguising themselves as homeless people (laughs) (laughs) because that dude that hangs out with the shopping cart full of shit and the dreadlocks that's really fat off of Paramount, you're telling me that guy is plotting against us all right now? I'm telling you, they have figured us out, and they know if they disguise themselves as these uncommon people who live on the streets, they're going to be able to get some inside information. I mean, those aren't uncommon people. They're pretty common nowadays. Well, around here. You know what? It kind of makes me mad. I went to California once, and I went to Venice Beach, and I vaguely remember it. I was so young, but I don't remember seeing that many homeless people there did you see a lot of muscled guys i will know venice beach, venice beach is the one that it, all the skaters go to that's like all i'm sure, like, there, I'm sure there's a i'm sure shirtless i'm sure there was a meathead there yeah beefcake beefcake <laughs> but uh um 
I, 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 it just sucks that Amarillo is the, the hub for homelessness. Like, there's so many fucking homeless. Do you know that I would say if I were to work four days straight, yeah, I would say at least 46% of my calls are on homeless people. And how many of those are fucking aliens? I mean, <laughs> there's no fucking telling, right? They ha- I'm telling you, some of them have to be aliens. <laughs> Yeah, There's no right. other explanation to the to the high population other than <laughs> I-27 and I-40 both go through Amarillo and people just... It's the nexus of the universe. It's the fucking portal, man. You know what used to drive me crazy? And you might be onto something here. I-27 to I-40 used to be the only... And I swear to God, this is how stupid fucking Amarillo was up until like, what, 2019? Oh, that's when that video surfaced mm, we're getting on to something here yep but up into 2019 i-40 and i-27 were the only fucking interstates i've ever been to in any town did didn't automatically connect mm. did you know you could go from i-20 or i-40 uh or excuse me westbound to get on to downtown, mm-hmm. but it never goes to the highway. You have to go to 10th Street first. And I didn't think about that. You can't get on. It was so fucking annoying. I saw a picture recently. Imagine traveling through Amarillo and having to exit and sit at a light yeah. to change your highway. Did you know I-40 used to go under I-27? I-40 used to go under I-27? Mm-hmm. I saw a picture of it. Do a fuck? Yep. <laughs> when was this? This was probably about 60, pre-aliens? 50, 60 years ago. Pre-aliens, pre-the portal, <laughs> pre-motorcycles you know, motorcycles wrecking in that interchange. Pre-WAP. Yep. So <laughs> that is some interesting Amarillo never, history right there. Where can you where can you find a photo of this? Do you have it in that book you have? I saw have? it on Facebook. Um, is it in that book you have, though? James has like... James is fucking weird. Let me tell you about him for a second. He just like... He loves Amarillo and the Panhandle so much. He has books dedicated to its history mm-hmm. on his coffee table, which they make great centerpieces, but it's Amarillo. You know what I mean? But, but it's where we're from. Okay. Um, but th- is it in that book, though? It might be. It's a, you it's a try black and white photo. You, try, you should try to see, because that's I never knew that. And the I last 40, time a tornado came through Amarillo and, and that's the city a, was 1949. So when did when did they why did they change this? I don't know why they changed it, but that is a true fact, and it looked weird. Because I'm trying to figure out how is it where the interchange was. It's right in the middle of the interchange. So how would that work? Because here I'll try to find it for you. That's I'll weird. You. I'm just trying to figure out how that aesthetically would work. Top 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 topographically speaking. I don't know. It was it was bizarre. It. it was bizarre. I'd never seen uh, topography. Topography. I've been trying to like topless I, photography. I was studying for a test that I had to take today, and I had to do all these vocabulary words that I've been studying because I had to. Some of it was like math and reading that I hadn't taken since I was in ninth grade. So topography, famished. Oh, dude, I hate those tests. I mean, those are all normal words. It's yeah. not normal words you. Would but use you don't. You don't day to day vocabulary. Yeah, you don't speak that way on a day to day basis. I wish people still talked like the Bible. Oh yeah, you wouldn't understand what anybody was saying. Or even medi- you know medieval times. You know what, and a, bu- a book that I I bought that I'm really into. 17th century. That's kind of written like that. Wrote, written, written. God damn it, Jared's not here. He's gonna yell at me. Um, the grammar Nazi. Wrote. 
it was not wrote that way or written that way. Uh, do you know who? Uh, I can't find the picture. Um, what is his name? I can't even think now. Uh, God damn it. Call of Cthulhu. Mark Twain. <laughs> no, whitewash. Uh, Cthulhu. What is his name? Cthulhu Mythos. It was written by H.P. Lovecraft. You've heard of him, right? Yes. Okay, so he wrote all these kind of creepy, weird books in the 1800s. Uh-huh. And the 1800s is about with, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula and stuff. When when some of that stuff is ending, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. That biblical speak. Like, uh, uh, Very Tre- Treasure Island is a really good book, but it's kind of hard to read. Yeah, it's... Man, I cannot read those books. They just... But those, even the Bible, man, it's just... I, I try. I fucking hate reading that goddamn Bible. <laughs> I try. I, I've tried in the past, and it's just like, yeah, they 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 come out with different versions, the King James version and whatnot. But it's just still really difficult to interpret in today's modern. My mom way had of speaking a, and my reading. mom had a and like looking at it now, like it's very like sexist if you think about it. She had a version of a Bible she always brought to church. It was like this pink hardback uh, covered Bible. Yeah, and it was a. The King James, I think it said like the King James version for women. The Rick James version. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Can I play that real quick? Can you riff for a second while I look that up? But anyway, well, I'll riff. I'll finish my story. How about that? Um, But she had this Bible and it said uh, the King James version for women or something like that. Yeah. But it was very like plain spoken language like normal language and to me it, like now it just implied that women are too stupid to talk like this <laughs> oh, fuck. or maybe they're too smart maybe they talk normal and this was stupid you know what i mean maybe that's what that meant people back then were so much smarter wouldn't you agree i mean in certain ways now like in of back course when, of back course when we have e- bible was written we have evolved no <laughs> well no i'm saying the way that the the vernacular the way they spoke the literature compared to today it sounded so much more oh no yeah yes it did 100 percent. okay but no agree with that we are the smartest you know version of us we've ever been and the most dumb and the most dumb like this is that's crazy this is the best time and the worst time to be alive and i'll riff on that after we're done but here here's this this is uh, this always cracks me up it is a uh guy that prank called one of those uh biblical telephone lines i guess what would you call it televangical lines yes and if you'd like to make a comment about that you're certainly welcome yes you're on other voices live what's up this is t-dog i watch your show every week man oh good yeah what's going on man well you got a comment you'd like to make? Yeah, man, check this out. I just finished reading the Bible for my first time. Good, great. That's great, man. Did you come to know the Lord while you were reading it? Excuse me? What did, was that? Did you come to know the Lord while you were reading it? Yeah, definitely, man. I feel so like, uh... The Bible says, uh, faith, cometh, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, I think I skipped that part, but that's great, man. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know the part... Yeah, the part where... Uh, shit, what was it, man? The part where the guy comes out... With the gun. With the you gun. Talk about is in the beginning. With the gun. Uh, oh, I'm what sorry about that. He said shit. Yeah, Bible man. Yeah, I read the Bible. I go to church. It was okay. Where do you go? To church? Where do you go to church? Excuse me. Where do you go to church? Uh, York County. York County School of Church. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And 
Maybe oh, I'm, I it might not have been a gun. Maybe it was a rock or something. But it's in the beginning, and it comes out of that little room. That's so cool. Well, I'm not familiar with that, what you're talking about. It's in it's in the first chapter. Genesis? No, the one after that. <laughs> Super Nintendo. Genesis. Uh, I think you're reading the wrong Bible. Damn, man, that was 500 pages. <laughs> I think you read the wrong one. Man, you know I can get a real Bible? Uh, yeah, you can get well, you can get sure. Where would you like? This guy's so one? nice too and so patient. Walmart has them. Sure, check Walmart. He knows what's going on too. Check him out. But he, but he's like being check like he's not yeah, being a jerk about it. I got my Bible from there. Okay, what kind is it? King James version? Yeah, it's the Rick James version. And it comes out, <laughs> and it's like 500 pages, and I read the whole thing. Oh, uh, I think it's more pages than that. Well, I okay. read the whole bunch of them because okay. you know big words and crap. Well, hey, thank you. I don't know the rock. Guy with the rock. I'm not I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Well, you, maybe you didn't read the same Bible I read. Well, what happens at the beginning? Uh, God creates the world and creates man. After that, a little after that. Uh, after Cain and Abel? Or yeah. Cain slew Abel? Yeah, is that before or after the dinosaurs? <laughs> well, the dinosaurs are in there. Uh, Job mentions the dinosaurs. Yeah, I don't well, I think, think that's true at all. I don't uh, think so either. Yeah, with the guy who was out the gun, or the rock, or whatever it was. Maybe it was a spear. Yeah, spear. Well, I don't think, I, again, I don't think you, uh, well, there's a couple of places in there. But anyway, yeah, what did you learn from the Bible? I think I Job mentions the giant beast. I think they were talking about, like, rock, elephants. Which is what I'm talking about. The part with the rock where he throws it. No, not familiar with it. Hey, thanks for calling. <laughs> and besides, fucking dinosaurs weren't alive back in those when fucking people time. existed. No, yeah. Okay, we're talking about so millions like, of so years. So, like, it already, the guy already contradicts himself by going, Job mentions the dinosaurs. Oh, fucking how? Because even then, they were buried beneath the Earth's crust, and I guarantee you, Job didn't have the technology to dig it the fuck up. No, we're talking about stories and anecdotes that were told two, three, four, five thousand years ago. You know, hearing that got me and James thinking about. I want if you were my friend in high school, one of the things that I was really, really good at was prank calls. Yeah, I would prank call just about anybody, and I and I probably ruined a marriage one time, um, and I, I I probably offended a wife that whose husband had died. What an asshole! Our generation <laughs> when we were growing up was I I can influenced say, by I, the jackass. Yes, was, I can. It's safe to say that we are the like the prank call generation, and it was influenced by jackass and that whole calamity of of being mischievous and being just total belligerent that influenced us as kids to do dumb stuff. And our prank calls were something that Mr. Joseph over here conducted quite a bit and they were highly entertaining. Yeah. We always used to like, you know, uh, Chingy once said teen drinking is very, very bad. Chingy. Where's he at now? Probably in, probably in hell because <laughs> teen drinking is very, very bad. What but anyway, wonder. yeah, fuck. <laughs> What was that? What was it? The Holiday Inn? You know, we had one-hit wonders like that and back in the 80s. But they're not going to be as cool. Like Rick like, Ashley. Like, that's a good song. <laughs> Nobody's going to be, like, fucking 40 years from now. God, God damn, you remember the Holiday Inn? Yeah. Yeah. Teen drinking Ching, is very bad. Chingy? Chingy? We have to chill it at the holiday. It's not going to have the same effect. Like, no, it's not going to. Nobody's going to be, like, pranking people on YouTube with Chingy. You're not going to get chingied. But do you, do you think the music 
back in the early 2000s will ever be popular again with like a newer generation. 100% no. No. Like already like so many people uh, consider today's music to be like the pinnacle and like the rap we grew up with to be garbage. Nobody cares about that. Like apparently there's some concert coming here you told me about today that's supposed to be like the biggest yeah. Like it is considered in the in the younger generation community of Amarillo, like the I would say people twenty five and younger, or and I would tw- say, say twenty four yeah. and twenty two and younger. They think that they, I don't even know who this. Person I would even is. I would even go as far as to say if you're a modern hip hop fan, in general, you know that there is a code, and the code is new music is the shit and old music is whack, and. That's how they, ne- that's never, how the young kids believe the things. I'm in a modern hip hop fan that that likes the new stuff, and I don't understand that type of perception or or mentality towards hip hop because, like, do you know how many? I like, love I love Jimi Hendrix, okay, and I love yeah, fucking CCR. You you, you, sup- you appreciate Clear- stuff you never yes. lived in that time when it was popular. Exactly, I was not but around. Your I was not alive. It. And you, and you appreciate it. I appreciate it, and I love it. You know when DMX died last week? I don't remember a single person. Granted, I don't have Facebook anymore. But like on Snapchat Even or Twitter, or, or, Twitter or anything, anybody anybody under the age of 30 didn't give a fuck. We opened our podcast last week with the DMX song as the intro song. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. I'm sad I missed that. But uh, yeah, you know... It's fucking crazy. Like, and, and I, I, you know, DMX, you could, he's definitely, definitely not in the top, I would say probably 15 to 20 hip hop rap artists of all time. But he was a part of a period of time. Yeah. And his songs, his songs were like those, kind of like those one hit, not one hit wonders, but. They don't. He didn't have like the gravitas. They, they brought a different energy to the listener, as far as a hip hop song or a rap song in general. Because I tell you, his, what, his man, energy, his 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 tone of voice, like you had never heard anything you like that up until go, that point. You could not go into Midnight Rodeo or Coaches. Yeah, you know, I'm that old. I've been to Coaches before. I was too young to go to Coaches, but I've been to Coaches. Uh, you could not go into Midnight Rodeo, Coaches, uh, Grand Central Station. Without hearing fucking party up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he really r- reminded me back then of Tupac. He was bald. He had the, <laughs> he had the I don't give a fuck attitude. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're he saying. But, and he, he did wear a lot of wife beaters. Yeah, and he just had that. He had, look what I'm trying funny. to say. It's just that just bald. how you started. Man, he reminded me. Man, bro, he was fucking just like Tupac. He was bald. Well, Tupac, Shit. to be fair to Tupac, he wasn't bald until... Maybe 24, 25, he didn't I, shave it all off. Dude, I, his haircut and juice is so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, it, that's the thing that sucks about being a white person, is I could never have my hair like that. Oh, the hair's great. But if I could, it, like, I wish I was Jewish a little bit, just so I could have the, the Jufro to, yeah. to cut it like that one time. Go watch the movie Juice. It's underrated as fuck. Oh, yeah. Totally underrated. But DMX, he had an image like Pac, and I really appreciated that, and the the... The style that he brought to the music was just, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to put my shit out there. Either you like it or you don't. I'm a creative artist. If I got to bring it to these bleeps, I'm going to bring it quick. All the other motherfuckers, y'all can suck my dick. 
There you go. Wow, you said dick, but you didn't bleep. You bleeped something else. What'd you bleep? I think it was the N word. Oh, fuck. I think that's what he said. If I got to bring it to these blanks, I got to be quick. All you other motherfuckers can suck my dick. Suck my dick. That is the most classic <laughs> line of all time. But in any song, to uh, to uh, yeah, I just don't get it. Like, what's what? I just don't understand this uh, obsession with what was that guy? Just remember, a, remember when everybody was like, all them little girls and boys were running on the side of that tour bus, mm-hmm. and Adrian, we talked about that on the podcast. That, yeah, that was, was a few years was ago. Yes, yeah, wh- whatever his fucking name was. Who's not important enough? But to he's remember. not even relevant anymore. That's the thing. As they a, come and go. As man, a mo- as a fast. modern rapper, they don't stay relevant for very long, and and their fandom is really heavy and really intense, and then it dies out like a freaking dying flame. And I don't understand the disconnect from the music now and 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 enjoying it to the music that came before and not being able to enjoy that. It's like if you enjoy the the older stuff, you're considered. An old head, you're considered whack. You're considered, you know, a washed up fan. You don't know what the fuck you're you're listening to. Like the new stuff is so much better than the old stuff. I don't get that type of perception. All right. So we've tried to do this with uh, with the other two on the podcast, but they don't appreciate hip hop and rap like me and you do. So right now, just off, just free, just free ball it. Your top five MCs. Of all time, and when I say MC, it doesn't have to just be a rapper. You could pick like somebody of a group. You know what I mean? Uh, but your top five rapper MCs of all time. Top five, man. That's that's pretty. That's pretty you tough. Want me to go first. I, 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 I can th- probably my, number off. five. Oh, you're gonna do it backwards. Number five, yeah, is more of a, a group, a tribe called Quest, and their music is some of the best music that you ever listened to as far as music in the early nineties. And they contributed so much to hip hop. I'd put them at number five and politically the number four would be public enemy. Public enemy had such a hard influence on the hood, on the streets and their message was so different and raw. So that's their number four. Number three, I would have to go with NWA and I'm going with these groups because because I, well, because you're picking you're picking groups that where everybody rapped. Yes, everybody rapped and everybody was influential in their impact equally. So NWA, first gangster rap group, first individuals who brought gangster rap to the masses, and they are attributed to the beginning, the birth of the gangster rap culture, the gangster rap style, and the era, the golden era of '90s hip hop. They are at the nucleus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two. And, you know, if this is cliche, it's cliche, but it's the it's gonna, truth. It's going to be biggie. And and we could go in so many different directions with this and as far as lyrics, as far as impact, as far as, you know, your their overall influence on the culture. But I'd have to go with biggie. Yeah. Biggie was, he really rapped about partying. He really rapped about drugs. He really rapped about, you know, staying fly and that kind of stuff. And that's fine. But number one, Tupac was a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was, a, he was a product of, you know, his, his mom was a part of the Black Panthers. His stepfather was a high ranking member in the Black Panthers. Um, and just the political influence that he wanted to drive and the change that he wanted to drive to the African-American culture in America 
puts him above the rest because a lot of people don't realize his music in the 90s, early 90s, like Tupacalypse Now, his first album. Those songs on that album are so much more influential and said so much more altogether encompassing versus any song I've heard within the past fucking 15 years. I'd agree with that. Like you go back and, and listen to um, Trapped or you listen to uh, uh, Papa songs like the, that song. It has so much pol- so much issues that is entrenched within the community. It doesn't matter if it's black, white, any type of disenfranchised community. You can relate to those songs because he he rapped and brought a message to the people, to the listener. Mm-hmm. And he was revolutionary in the way that he wanted to change the rap game. He wanted to be a, uh, a movie star. He was, he was very artistic. He was just an all-around enigma. Like There was no one like him, and there's no, there's no one like him since. You, I, you cannot put Kendrick Lamar. No. You cannot put Drake. You cannot put no. any of these guys even close Which, to Tupac. I like, I like both those guys you just said. Or even J. Cole. Like, okay, they, or Nipsey Hussle. I don't know any of his music, really. <laughs> but I do have a few J. Cole songs because I was like, who the fuck is this? And I would like to listen to him. And there are some songs that he, that he sings that I like. But no, he, I, I don't get the stigmata of like, or, the sti- or excuse me, the stigma of like trying to put these guys in that echelon. I like Kendrick Lamar. I really do. I, he has some songs that I like. I like Drake. He has some songs that I like. I know you like Drake. Um, and I like a couple of songs by J. Cole. Some I just, you know, I think he's... I, it, he's, he's a very well-thought-out lyricist. He's a, he's, a, he's a well-thought-out lyricist, but he's not like in my echelon of like... And so like I like what you did with your rappers. You kind of like had like more... It felt like your five were more like the ones you really like. My five that I picked, just being MCs, like are just lyricists. Like mm. the guys that I think are good at just lyrics make the best lyrics and are best on the mic. Number one is Tupac. Like nobody is ever going to take that away from me. Like me and you have always had a connection with him growing up from an early age. You know, my uncle Chad got me into his music when I was very, very young. And I, I will always love Tupac, but. You know, I'll take it a step further from every everything that you said. I completely 100% agree with, but you know, 90% of the fans, or not even fans, like people that want to talk trash on Tupac, don't realize of what he did at such a young age, like growing oh, yeah. up acting, being in in the this Baltimore School of Theater Arts and things like and that. He and he did this within five or five to six years, and people don't realize he was locked up for eight months throughout that span of five to six years. And he accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. The guy was a workaholic, and he had his his heart bleeding for purpose. There were two, in everything he did. And you know what's crazy is like he was just so like well rounded. Like two of the biggest two two books of poetry. When I was trying mm-hmm. to like grow up and become like I wanted to be more interested in reading and getting. There were two. I bought two poetry books. One was by Leonard Cohen. You know that wrote Hallelujah. He was a poet and a song artist. He couldn't really sing, but he he had a few songs. But that song "Hallelujah" that's played in like Shrek and stuff, yeah. redone by thousands of people. He wrote that song, and uh, I had his book of poetry, and then I had another book of poetry that not a lot of people know about. 
and even Faye Tupac don't know about. Tupac wrote this at 19 years old. It's called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Mm-hmm. I read that to my students a couple and years ago. I, I love that book. Did projects over it. And 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 like I, I wanna I wanna share some of those with Ellie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I love that book. I need to find it. I have it somewhere. If you really dig deep into Tupac's life, you will be amazed. You will be your breath will be taken away. What's what's the what's the movie that came out? Um uh not Tupacalypse now, but it, uh, that's an album. But what was the movie that came out? The docu, the docu. All eyes on me. No, 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 no. The, the no, theatrical. The, the, the other one. It was, it was uh, right after he, uh, not right after he died. It was like ten years after he died. It came out like the uh, Tupac late, Resurrection. Tupac Resurrection. If you don't know, I think that to me is the best example for someone that doesn't know anything about Tupac uh-huh. because it has so much. Like, I mean, you could take a deep dive into mm-hmm. tons of documentaries, but I think Tupac Resurrection uh, is the best example. If you don't know really anything about Tupac, you should watch that film. And then the movie did not do him justice and his life justice because you cannot put a yeah, put that's Tupac's the thing. Like, it was, so, it was in, one in, in one movie, but it is the best I've seen encompassing as as everything aesthetics and the the. The actor really looked like Tupac. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the movie they made. Tupac Resurrection was a documentary. Right. I, I'm talking about the movie. What was that one? Called? Oh, All, All Eyes, Eyes on, on Me. me. No, I, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about Tupac Resurrection is the best you know what, some, you encompassing know, you know thing. A crazy fact. The guy that... I'm talking about the film that came out in 2016. The guy that played Tupac, right? His dad produced a few songs for Tupac on Tupac's last album. So was he part of The Immortals? No, he was a producer. So the I can't remember the actor's name. The actor that plays Tupac, his dad, and this is all really? ironically, like he did. He produced a couple Tupac songs. That's weird. On his last album, the Don Caluminati Seven Day Theory album that came out a couple months after his death, he produced a couple songs. And and how how does that happen? Like, and, and you know what? Like, I, <laughs> he looks I, just I, like him. So let me ask you this: Tupac's dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. I, I agree with that. Uh, but it's just so weird, like the mystique of Tupac, and like that's just how good his brain was. Like they, I've always, I've always, I don't know why, and they kind of do. Like if you look at him without his goatee and his beard, like after he retired and everything, they kind of do look somewhat similar. But I've always related Kobe and Tupac together, the mm-hmm. way their minds work, because they were always just like their minds were always working. They were always coming up with something, and they were always like he, like you hear stories of players talk about Kobe. It was like how. Tupac was just always like writing things and always coming up with things. And like the Don Caluminati, the seven day theory, his last album, you know, there's, there's innuendos in there of how he's going to die. Yeah, there's he a song in there. He's prophesizes his own death. And the last video he did. Was and that's why him dying. There's why that's why there's so many conspiracy theories that he's still alive is because of that album. That's so weird how it all, I unfolded. think he just was like, he was just like, you know, and that's another thing too, like you know, like Dave Chappelle's old skit, like the where he was ahead of his time, like mm-hmm. Sky Pagers run up on your place, like CJ from San Andreas, <laughs> <laughs> and and Dave Chappelle, that ain't your wife. <laughs> uh, that whole skit was just kind of like how far ahead from of time Tupac was. Maybe he just like uh, he he figured out a term that's used daily today in 2021 he was the first person that was truly quote unquote woke mm-hmm. you know he what was. i mean and people in this generation don't they don't see it 
they haven't experienced it and they don't care to go back and and visit his legacy like if you're a hip hop fan you've got to you've got to spend a month researching Pac and his life and if you do you will be forever obsessed with wanting more yeah i know like you know how many interviews there are of people connected to Tupac that are on YouTube that, it's so that weird. I've, There's that like I've watched weird, over weird the years. German dudes that, that can't even barely speak English that are obsessed with them. The last one I watched was um, Carrie Champion, you know, the, the analyst on, on ESPN. ESPN. She was about 18, she 17 Tupac? or 18 years old. And she was at some restaurant in the 90s, I think in 95 or 96. Um, she, she was eating with her friends. Tossed up by the motherfucking analyst. And in walks Tupac, right? And so her friend's like, oh, you should go talk to him. And she's like, okay. So she goes up to him and she's like, hey, where's the party at? Was she anything then? No, she was just a college student. Oh, okay. And, <laughs> and he was like, well, I don't know where the party is, but when I find out, I'll let you know. And she's like, all right. And, you know, they exchange phone numbers and whatnot. And, and back then, you know, beepers. Yeah. So the next day she gets this random call from a, from a number and Back then, it was popular to come up with like your a code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you put an asterisk after the number, and you put like your your whatever Ass. number you were. Yeah, they would do something. in football or a personal like uh, number that's that people know you by. You know, like number eighty nine. You know, football number or the year you were born, eighty eight, whatever it is. And she said his code was asterisk two two two. Oh. And once that popped up on her beeper, she's like, oh, this is Tupac. And this was bef- this was like, you know, he was a big deal. But he went out of his way, and he went to go visit her and her friends. And she said that they talked for a couple hours and whatnot. And he went about his way. They went about their way. And she has that story. And I didn't think she was that old. She looks pretty young, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She looks like she's in her, like, early 30s. But apparently she's probably in her mid-40s. And like, there's just, there's just interviews and and things like that online that people will go try to dig up for, to get, you know, information on Pac and and stories about him. I've never witnessed or or done any research where there's been so many just interviews, random interviews of people that were just connected to him. And if you just, you know, like I said, spend a month and and research him and and watch videos and and read literature on him, you're going to be amazed. And he is probably... You know, we you we talked about this in a segment before on a, probably like 10 podcasts ago, but you're like you brought up which celebrity or influential person of notoriety do you look up to? And Tupac of course has to be mine. Like he's just one of those figures that I've always been enamored with. Mm-hmm. So he he's just been a really like impact on me in my life and i'm a white guy like it just goes to show like his his fandom is vast but yeah he's he's that's why he's number one and if you listen to all this you know we both know our shit when we talk about tupac and we mean it why why he is number one so yeah i mean everything you said about him i completely agree with i just i i like that you know, he was just more, he was so not one dimensional, you know what I mean? 
And so I think that's why he's always going to be number one. Nobody will ever break him. And the thing is, he wasn't doing anything for clout back then. No. Like a lot of these rappers are now. They're going on Instagram Live. They're flossing. They're whatever. They're chained. They're, they're trying to start beef with other rappers through the fucking phone, through the internet. Yeah. He was a real motherfucker. He, he went out and shot two off-duty cops messing with a black man, beating him up one night Dude, in like, Atlanta. Odds, odds are 90... I, I, as a fan, I'm 85% positive. But I bet people close to him could be 99.9% positive. He meant what he said. You claim to be a player, but I fucked your wife. I bet he did fuck Faith Evans. <laughs> he did. I've I've watched a couple interviews, and and, 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 there've and been like that's his biggest. He fucked his that. biggest rival's wife because she did collaborate with him on a song. Yeah, yeah. On, on um. Now, All granted, on I me. don't I don't know if they were were him and Biggie and Faith together when that happened. I don't think they were. Was the, were they married? Was Faith with Biggie at that time? I think she was. Was she? I think mm. she was. Yeah, I she, believe I believe she came to happened. L.A. and she did a song on, on "All Eyes on Me." Oh, every step you take. Uh, moving on to like, like so, like I like what you did. I think like yours were more like emotionally fueled. Mine are just like ones that I appreciate. So that was my number one. That took a long time to oh, talk about, yeah. but uh, that we could do a whole podcast. Oh, for pod, sure. So we could do a whole podcast on my number two too, probably. Probably. Uh, this man, it's so weird to think that rap is quote-unquote, a black man's game, 100%. And in my opinion, the second best rapper of all time, and because of who Tupac was, how not one-dimensional he was, like the, the, the films that he did, the way he could act, the way he could be a poet, the way he like was emotionally driven, the way he could talk, how charismatic he was to women, mm-hmm. and just being not just to women, but charismatic in interviews. Like he was a very charismatic person. Smart, he knew, smart. He, he was very man. intelligent. He knew how to talk. Yeah. There's one dude that's probably more ghetto than Tupac could ever be. Uh, he comes from Detroit, Michigan. I think the number two best rapper of all time is Eminem. And just because yeah. of being a lyricist and the way he can, there like I was listening recently to his his like like when that stupid dude Machine Gun Kelly called him out and like Eminem gave his retort back. There's so many like, and I watched YouTubers analyze the song, and there was a really good one that took like 35 minutes to watch. Eminem would, and I if you notice things about Eminem when he raps. He'll say a sentence, and it'll have like three fucking different meanings. Oh, dude, his wordplay is like it's weird. It's fucking out of this weird. world, and it's like you can the thought that goes into each. Like it reminds me of like you can play a video game and miss so much shit, and go play it again and be like, dude, I never knew that was there. That's a fucking Eminem song. Yeah, you're you're right. He throws so much content in in every verse, every rhyme, every. Every song he's ever wrote. I mean, you you can go back and go back to his LP, you know, and and listen to to it from beginning to end. And everything that you hear, you have to rewind it and you have to and play not, it again. Not saying that he's not smart. He's not intelligent. I just don't think he's as. I think he's very intelligent to do the things that he's done. Like, there's no way you can have he'll he'll say a sentence and it will have like three layers to it mm-hmm. it's got layers yep perfect and, way to describe it and it's so weird and it's so cool to really dissect some of his songs 
But another great thing about him, like, I don't think there's a rapper alive that could probably just pick up a mic and not put a pen to paper and just go. The the disc that he wrote to MGK, Machine Gun Kelly, was written in I th- he wrote or he wrote that in about I think I think I read it he wrote that in thirteen minutes. That's how that's little at that, so that's twofold. A it has so many hidden meanings in it in that song. If you listen if you listen to Kill Shot, the song that he wrote about uh, Machine Gun Kelly, it has so many of those layers we talked about. But that's also how good he is that he could just do that. And then also, that's how little of a fuck he meant to him to be like, I'm just going to write this real quick. And he just slayed him. Yeah. And so I I, I think that uh, and you, if you watch the movie Eight Mile, I would be fucking terrified to go up against him in rap battle. Like, granted, I'm not a rapper, oh, yeah. but anybody that thinks they can. Yeah, as do, far as rap battling, that, that guy is, is at the top of the list. He would fucking destroy you. And and that's why I Busta think Rhymes too. I love Busta. Busta Rhymes. Rhymes is up there, and and that that's the cool thing about uh, Busta Rhymes. Uh, he's up in I think the top six of what I'm about to say, but the number one and number two most words said in one minute. Number two was Eminem's Rap God. He did that, and uh, I think it took him like I think I think Rap God took him three takes to not fuck up. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to Rap God, he doesn't. That like I remember, and the, the and then number one is Godzilla at the end of Godzilla. Uh, he it is the most words it holds the Guinness Book of World Records for most words, most syllables. Uh, yeah, most syllables said in one minute, and it's not sped up. He did that on the microphone. Rap God took him, I think, three takes, and I think Godzilla took him two. He did it in two. So real quick, I'm just gonna play the last minute. Of Godzilla. And after you do that, I have a question to ask you regarding Eminem. <clears throat> okay. It's a big but, one. But it's just crazy to me. Like, I remember playing this for James, and he was like, was that sped up? No. He just did that in the booth. Can you turn it up? Coming up real quick. Not even this. Right here. That right there holds the Guinness Book of World Records for most syllables said in one minute. What's fucked up about that? It was done in two takes, not sped up, and it was done in 31 seconds. That So understand what I'm saying to you. The most syllables said in one minute was done in 31 seconds. Imagine if you gave that man another 30, 29 fucking seconds. That's insane. Literally insane. So 
yeah, I mean, like, there when we just talk about lyricists, I'm always going to pick Tupac, but God damn, that's crazy. It is crazy, and, and you, you got to give him credit where credit is due, and he is... In his 40s. He is the best. That. He is the best lyricist, I would say, of all time. Now, there, there's been some words said in interviews, and, and Lord Jamar, in an interview... A few years ago, he he quoted, Eminem is good. However, he is a guest in the house of hip-hop. How do you feel about that statement? That's completely disrespectful, in my opinion, because a guest in the house of hip-hop? Dude, he... Implying if, the whole race thing. Is that what it is? Because he's white? I, that's part of it, yes. I think... Eminem is not a guest in the house of hip hop. If if Pac and Biggie built the house of hip hop, Eminem remodeled the fuck out of it. That's how I would put quote that shit. You know what I mean? He's not a guest. That's Biggie and Pac's house, and he made it look better. I'm not saying he's better than either one of those, but he he came after them and he built on a framework that it was just like, you know, he, he, and you know what, like, it's crazy, it, and you can almost kind of, it's so weird, you're like talking about Kobe and everything with Michael and all all that, like, uh, for his Hall of Fame coming up, but you could kind of put some Kobe Mamba mentality in the, in the, in the M&M. he studied hip-hop so much, there's a really good podcast, you need, what's Mike Tyson's podcast called? Hot Boxing. Hot Boxing, there's an episode of Hot Boxing that came out last year with mm-hmm. Eminem yeah, in the summer. Yeah. I saw snippets of it. Really, really good podcast. And this dude, like, I mean, like, studied everybody. And you know what's crazy? Like, you know, people kind of, like, talk shit on, like, the 80s, late 80s, early 90s hip-hop artists. Like, like the 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 Marky Marks and things like that. Chub and all Rock. That, all and that. <laughs> Chub Rock and LL and all that. But you know who Eminem's favorite artist is? You know who he modeled his shit after? His fa- the person he will never say a bad word about. The one, it's so crazy thinking how like how dirty and how raw Eminem is with his lyrics. The one person that Eminem credits to becoming a rapper that he will never say a bad word about and that he respects more than anybody else is LL Cool J. LL had some mad respect. So did LL MC could Hammer drop back some then. bars, man. MC and LL had mad respect back then, and and they were but LL they were cool at the J, top of their game. LL cool, LL cool J could drop bars. He was a very good lyricist, very underrated. Yeah, he was just kind of like he was like he was like the not saying that Will Smith can't rap because I I I think he can. <laughs> I I like Will Smith. I like nineties Will Smith like hundred percent. Like uh, parents just don't Wild understand. Wild West. Uh, no, dude, summertime is a really good song. Yeah, like it is. like when he before he became on that TV show when yeah. he was just a rap, a hip hop artist like LL back then, Will Smith could rap. He wasn't bad, but he, LL was kind of that. I'm gonna rap, but I'm not gonna be like NWA. I'm not gonna cuss. I'm not gonna do some of these more things. playful. And that's why he, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. But if you're a fan of hip hop, man, LL's one of the best lyricists ever. Man, he he can rap. A hundred percent can rap. Yes, sir. He just can't act, and he gets he. But he he survived a damn shark. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it, the whole guest in the house of hip hop—that's fucking crazy. And the most, there are a lot is- of artists who feel that way about Eminem. And this is this is my take on it. And I believe hip hop is an art form. A hundred percent. And 
with that being said, it is not excluded just to one particular area or, or individual. It is a vast spectrum of, of people who, if you have the talent, if you can contribute to the mm-hmm. culture, to the, the evolution of hip hop and, and bring, bring what you bring, everybody's skill set is different. Everybody's sound is different. 100%, 100%. And, and if you fit on that spectrum, then you're in the house of hip hop because sure. it is a art form. And there's no rules that that you can put on hip hop and say, okay, you're in, but you're not, because that is just it, it's ignorant, in yeah. my opinion. It, it's just not it's not reality because hip hop can be so many different things, and anybody that's that's contributed belongs in the house of hip hop. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Like as corny as it is, you know, uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's 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 a traditionally considered, you know, one of the best hip hop songs of all time. If you yeah, if you left an impact on the trajectory of hip hop, you belong in the house of hip hop. Bottom line, a lot of, a lot of people. It, it's kind of weird, right? Hip hop is kind of like the the inverse to basketball, where basketball started with a bunch of old corny white dudes, but black men took it over, right? Hip hop. I'm not saying white people are taking basket or hip hop over, but I'm saying are integrating kind of that inverse effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it started with you know a lot of black men. Hip hop started on the East Coast. That's when hip hop started. Like you know, Funk, Sh- Sugar Gang Soul, Hill, and, and well, R&B. yeah, even in the late '70s, like in that ev- evolution and everything. Um, but you know, people today, you look at Eminem, who's in his late 40s but you know he he's doing his thing there's a really popular kid that uh is he was actually on saturday night live i think a couple of weeks ago uh he has a one hit kind of like a one hit wonder but it's it's gotten a remix and uh oh what is his name oh man i can't i can't think of the life of me but and and then another person i'll say right now um he's kind of more on the poppy side but he actually can you know, as far as hip hop goes, there's a difference between. I think I've always said there's a difference between rap and hip hop. Hip hop to me is someone who can be a good lyricist, and rap to me is going to have a more gangster appeal to it, a more a more uh, in your I can face, see that, yeah. um, a more in. Your and it's f- up for interpretation, really. Yeah. So, and one of the other ones today, I hate that I'm can actually say that I'm a fan of his because I do. I think he makes good music. I hate it because so many people say I look like him, Macklemore. But Macklemore can rap. Hey, Lil Dicky, give and, him some credit. And little Lil Dicky is a great rapper. Um, he's like a parody uh, type okay, rapper. I mean, I, I not necessarily parody, but he's he's a fun like. But Jack Jack Harlow is the new the new up and coming. Like he's been on Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live, and he's like the the probably the best white rapper of the new rap that uh-huh. we don't really like. But but it's cool to see. A young white kid doing his thing. You ever heard of emo rap? I'm sorry, what? There is a thing, and it exists, and it's called emo rap, and it is god-awful. I don't even want to know what that is. Look it up. Is it like Tom DeLonge, but fast? <laughs> Voice inside my yet. <laughs> it's terrible, man. Terrible. If you ever, you know, just peruse YouTube, search up uh, Punk Rock NBA. And this guy, he's like in his late 40s, and he's got takes on bands and music in general. And 
yeah, if you want to dive into that's that rabbit hole weird. of emo rap and all this other weird type of branch of rap music, look that guy up and he'll try to explain it. But I never will or never could get into that kind of shit. No. I'm and a you, traditionalist. And you know, I, I don't, I think Eminem slayed him um, 100%, but, you know, he is popular and he has, I would say, two songs that I don't think are that bad and he raps in them. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, and he's actually not that bad of an actor. He played Tommy Lee in The Dirt on Netflix, and he's been in that Bird Box, box movie. I haven't seen that. Oh, Bird Box, yeah. He's in that. That's pretty good. He's in that, and uh, you know he's banging Megan Fox, so whatever. <laughs> but you know what? We can both agree on rap does not belong in country music. No. Stop doing that shit, please. What is that? Like Jason Aldean started that, I think. The Florida Georgia Line. Every new artist that's out has a rap element to their what was music. the song like if you want to be a country artist and include a rapper that's fine what was that like that over and over again song Nelly, Nelly. and like Tim Who, McGraw was it Tim McGraw I, don't I know. think it was something like that yeah. but that's more respectable than a country guy trying to rap oh yeah. If they wanted to bring somebody in, I think that's cool because you're trying to branch two things together. You're trying to reach a different audience with that. Like yeah. that over and over again song. It's a shitty song. It's terrible. But don't be in your in, in your middle age years and claim but I'm that sure you're that country reached people and listen to that. Reached, peop, reached people. You know what I'm saying? Don't be in your middle no, age yeah, no. years and, and claim that you're country and listen to that kind of shit. Please don't. Real quick to just go off of my top five. Epidemic. To, to end it um, yes. uh, off of the, the, the hip hop thing. Uh, so yeah, uh, Pac, Eminem. Um, my next one would probably be Biggie, just just because of the respect for him mm-hmm. and what he meant to the game. The impact. Uh, my number, my number four. This is just a personal opinion. Like you gave yours, like you really liked. I love anything this dude does. I think he's like, and Brianna said, like she just loves his voice, and like he's becoming like you see his voice on commercials now. He's not doing so much rapping, but uh, she joked recently like he's going to be the new Morgan Freeman, uh, Common. Mm-hmm. I, I love Common, and and then uh, it's got a lot of intellectual stuff. He's very smart, and his his raps kind of like always have like a deep meaning. And then Andre Three Thousand from Outcast, who I, I wish would just make more music. He's just a great lyricist. Oh, Outcast is one of those groups, man, that was really impactful when we were growing up. So good, so good. And they started in the mid nineties. They're so big in the house of hip hop for sure. But I mean, that's that's just kind of where we are with the state of hip hop and everything where we feel like it's at. Uh, I think we're going to get more into that next week. We're going to have a guest on that's going to uh, bring in kind of the, you know, I think for every action there needs to be a reaction. And so uh, to, we're open to to, to, to to give these two old heads something to talk about. We're going to have a guest that's uh, promoting, our, uh, I guess, a popular rapper that's coming to town. Yes, he's a... A new artist who's been around for about four or five years and has really gained traction. And he's coming to Amarillo, and a lot of hip hop fans here in the community, they're saying, like, this is going to be the biggest concert that's ever come to Amarillo. And I'm like, people don't remember Snoop Dogg came here once. Stay tuned for that because that's going to be really interesting, and uh, we'll have. He's, some he's promoting takes him. On he's going to have a. He's going to. He he. I think he got him here, right? Yes. Yeah. He's, he's pretty gonna, impressive that he got someone of that caliber to come here. And so. even though I've never heard of him, that doesn't mean anything. Like, and apparently, like you said, this is many people are considering this one of the biggest concerts. So just to have his take on that's where we feel hip hop is. I want to know where somebody that 
is in tune with today's hip hop. But it, I just hate that we feel like a bunch of old people going like, ah, the music today is terrible. Yeah, that that's how we sound. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world. No, I wouldn't either. It, uh, our opinion is still going to rule. Uh, to end this podcast, I have two things I want to play. Um, you know, we started talking about prank calls and how I used to do them. Uh, we, we talked about how we kind of were influenced by the jackass kind of uh, era. Era, yeah. Well, before that jackass era, there was a little group called CKY. And uh, that was like kind of Bam and Ryan Dunn's crew. They made their videos, and that's kind of how they got added to Jackass. Well, there well, there was a, a kind of an unsung hero named uh, Brandon DiCamillo who made really good prank calls. And I have two that I'm going to play. We'll end the podcast with it. Uh, I'm going to play one. We'll play them back-to-back. That'll be it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this little twofer episode. I am Joseph King. And I'm James Fairchild. Stay tuned next week for a monumental 50th episode oh the big 5-0 it's gonna be a big one we can't see our balls anymore my name is dan um uh, i got a call back i lost a wallet and i believe somebody had this number found it and they left a message on my entry machine hmm. uh i've been away all week uh, my wife should be home from work probably within 15 minutes where is she now uh she's en route to pick up the kids from daycare oh okay um i guess she's the one that found it then probably do you know if um could you look at it maybe and tell me i, I don't had know, i don't even know where it's let me uh, i had a pete rose rookie in there hang on let me run upstairs and see if she has it up there all right hello hello oh you are uh, you you guys must have misplaced it or some shit <laughs> who is this oh this is dan larouche yeah um when would i be able to pick it up Oh, God damn it. I, was I thought you had it before. Your wife had it with the kids at soccer or some shit. I'd like to pick up my fucking wallet. Can you stop jerking me around? I don't care if you keep the money. I want my rookie card. I already sold that. I got some good money for it. Oh, yeah? Did you sell it up your ass? Now can I get my goddamn wallet, you piece of shit? Who is it? It's Scott fucking LaGouche. <laughs> listen. Are you listening? I'm listening. I will. Oh, God. You motherfucker. I want my goddamn wallet. Yeah. You know what's in there? Pete your wife's Rose. panties. Yeah, your wife's panties are in there. Nice. Are you steaming? <laughs> I hold it. Give me that goddamn wallet. Who is it? Oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I want my wallet. Can I pick it up tonight? Yeah, I know where you're, you would be going, buddy. Wait, what? With your attitude, I wouldn't give you a nickel. What about on the toll booth if I really needed it? <laughs> if I was out by the toll booth, would you hook me up with a nickel? Who is this? It's Scotty. Remember when I was at the picnic, the company picnic, and I hit that home run over the fence? You guys didn't think I'd catch it, too, but I did. I'm fast as shit. 17 stolen bases in 72, 18 in 91. You have nothing better to do What? With you stuttering? You all right? Put the bottle down. It's all right. You don't need that. We need each other. How dare you talk to me that way? Don't swear. I swear. What else was in your wallet? Um, some fishing hooks, a blender, and my American Express. Uh-huh. Yes, and your wife's panties. She doesn't wear any. Oh, that crusty shankersaurus. What? How doesn't she? 
No wonder I told you about like Swiss. What? Did you what what did you say about my wife? My wife don't smell like nothing, fucker. Oh the way my wife smells is of no concern to you. <laughs> I will be back later to pick up my Pete Rose card. I'm gigantic. And my peace can definitely satisfy you and your wife. There's plenty to go around. So I'll have you know I'll be over definitely tonight. Between Who the fuck is this? I'm calling the police. I didn't call your house. Well, somebody picked up the phone from this goddamn place and called my house. And told my wife some things about fucking. And I don't like that. I have your number. Excuse me. I, I have your number. I just woke up. I have your fucking number. I just woke up and I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm telling you, about two minutes ago, someone called up my house and told my wife to fuck you. And I pushed star six nine, and I've got you. Now who told my wife? Who said that to my wife? Was it you? I have the police's phone number. But it's not me. What? But it's not me. Fuck me. Fuck you. I was sleeping. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this, and I don't give a fuck if you're at the top. Why did you do it? Just I don't want to know why you didn't. Why you did? Why did you do it? Why did you say that to my wife on her birthday? Why? I swear I didn't do it. Oh, God. I was sleeping and you call and I just pick up the Well, I don't care! Well, I just don't! Why did you do that? I never call you! Why did someone call me? Why did someone call me? I don't know! Do you? No! Oh!